0: dungeons and doobies hey dungeons and doobies contains spoilers for the following content anything we talk about whether that pertains to D or not so get ready
1: hey there internet and welcome to another episode of dungeons and doobies i'm ian and i'm hunter and uh, we're just a couple of dudes kicking down doors and smoking pot in Remo sriracha uh how are you doing today hunter
0: straight chilling um i uh like uh literally i'm just now getting over my frostbite of chainsawing ice for about an hour and chainsawing ice yeah i chainsaw ice for a bar here in a room of sriracha um and they uh and then we break down a 300 pound block of ice into 75 pound blocks chainsaw that to smaller pieces and then use it on a bandsaw to Perfectly fit into your rocks glass so you can enjoy your uh, clear and earnest only at Rum, Sugar, Lime.
1: Uh, The things we do for uh, cocktails here at Sriracha.
0: Craft cocktails. Oh, yeah. Craft ice. (laughs) 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 Anyway. Uh, How about you, Ian? How are you chilling?
1: Uh, I'm chilling pretty hard today, you know. Uh, It's uh, been a good day. Just been relaxing. And uh, really excited to get on here and start talking about some Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, what's it's uh, currently Wednesday, so it was Monday night. Uh, did some prep at the bar, and then uh, my uh, my boss and some of the fellow employees they all have started a D and D campaign. They've done a well. I'm going to say that they've done four sessions in their current campaign, considering that they've kept flip flopping DMs. Uh, and now they have finally. Settled on one after three different DMs.
1: Right, well, I mean, you know, you got to find whoever's going to be uh, the most competent. I guess you know.
0: No. Yeah. And then I or feel whoever like
1: wants to do it the most. It's you know.
0: Well, I think I think that that's ultimately what it has come down to is that you see someone that really wants to DM, um, similar to what we were talking about last week, where people like myself get over ambitious and you just want to delve deep headfirst into this world of creating a world and then you realize, oh wow, this is a, a much larger task than I realized. Uh but I think Mark is doing a fine job. He's uh been listening to The Adventure Zone, which um if you're listening to this and maybe Critical Roles seems a little daunting for you, I feel like Adventure Zone could be a great podcast for you to listen to. It's uh three brothers and their dad playing D D. Most of them I think only one of them had played a couple times before that and everyone else it was their first time. It's a first time DM doing this. So uh, much like how you and I started, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, uh, go ahead and let's get talking about something. Uh, what did you think about this week's episode of Critical Role?
0: I love this week's episode of Critical Role. Um, I am a huge fan of the shopping episodes. Uh, I really, really am. Um, I love seeing um how certain players' brains will work in their small downtime that they have in a city to get resources yeah that aren't magical items mm-hmm. you know they're well i want to go buy a couple of flasks of oil and it's like well what are you going to do with that yeah. 10 episodes later oh man you got another fluffernutter happening you yeah know? yeah I, I love stuff like that um going back to uh it, this is actually going to like a reference from talks in one episode but um I think it was the the campaign end for campaign one, mm-hmm. but someone asked Laura, uh, how many arrows did Vex end up with? And she goes, Oh, it was, it was something in like the 600 range or something like that. It's yeah. like, how do you have that many? Well, you have a bag of holding. So that makes sense. But Matt then explains how in one of their last sessions at, at their brunch D and D yeah. Like pre-stream that they had gone to, um, Amon or somewhere and Laura had, or Vex had, bought like twelve hundred arrows.
1: Yeah, she just purchased a
0: ridiculous amount. Like and then he was things just like, like that.
1: I think he said at the end he they were. Actually, she was actually getting closer than she, like she thought to the end of it. Like because he was right. keeping like a rough mental calculation. I mean, and that that goes to show, like even the big guys really don't care about things like fucking ammunition, ammunition uh,
0: encumbrance, <laughs> things like that. You know, it's like let's just have some fun. Like I mean, if you're trying to carry two oxen on your shoulder you yeah know, that's that's no, something like, that's different no
1: but it's like and you know there's a point where i'm like you know uh goomba our fighter in our campaign has like three or four different weapons and i'm like well out of you know if he tries to add one more to that group i'm gonna be like well what are you dropping because it's just it's not feasible for you to carry well, all of these things on your body
0: that's already after i gave you a, a small little idea of well he is a goliath he has uh what's that called large build or um, Power, powerful build. Yeah, powerful build. And it's like, well, could Goomba maybe carry one more weapon? And it's like. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, like, that's feasible. It would make sense to me that way, but, it, you know, at a point, it's like, nah, at a, at a like, point, where, no.
1: where are you? Because it's not even like he's using, like, a whole bunch of short swords or stuff that he could just have a whole, all around his belt. He's got, like, a glaive. He's got a great axe. This, he's got a great this sword. This isn't like,
0: Final like, Fantasy yeah. where you're going to have eight swords in your bag and exactly. you're choosing which well, one is best for I, which it, example. I mean, if you
1: guys had a bag of holding, that'd be one thing. Well, that would be one thing, but we're like, in Barovia. Maybe. Yeah. You're
0: lucky to get a fresh piece of lamb. Yeah. You know, you're lucky
1: to not just be eating dirt every day. Hey, that
0: dirt is like very enriched with the (laughs) bodies of the dead. Yeah, the death and (laughs) destruction
1: of thousands and thousands
0: of people. That compost in Barovia, oh man.
1: Speaking of Barovia, um, go ahead and give you guys a little update on our campaign this week. So, uh, where we left off last week, we ended up uh, at Old Bone Grinder, much later than I had ever anticipated our player characters reaching there. Uh, you know, this is generally an area that's supposed to be challenging for like a third to fifth level party, and they show up at what are you guys seventh level now? We are almost eighth. Uh, and it's just like, oh, cool. Let's let's see how this goes. Uh, and it was actually a pretty decent fight. Um, you guys definitely used a lot of resources in it. Uh, especially considering your plan afterwards was to head straight to Ravenloft. I was a little surprised,
0: which we just like you know we. We like to to kind of just, all of us as players at the table, we, we kind of, yeah, maybe we could read a little bit too more into this story, understand, oh, well, we're going in here to, you know, finish this whole story, right? But, like, when Strahd was like, hey, you know, I'm going to have you over for dinner, like, none of us really took the word for, literally.
1: yeah uh he didn't invite you to dinner he invited yeah. you
0: for dinner we all you know use just american english and we're like well i guess we're gonna go have a nice meal and maybe he's gonna ask us to join his army or something like that like that's that, <laughs> honestly i thought there was gonna be some type of like um appeal of him being like well you know you've been fucking up my world for the past what two weeks <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, it's it's probably been almost a month now.
0: But okay, yeah. but uh, but yeah, so for the past our time scale's really wanna... accelerated. By the
1: way, uh, yeah. we
0: we we started this
1: game in November, mm. October, November, and we're heading into Strahd now. We're uh, I've been fast tracking this campaign for two of our players who are leaving on a bike tour, uh, and I mean it's been a lot of fun, but it's definitely I haven't been able to lay a lot of those narrative beats, like tr- getting Strahd to try to turn one of you like to come join his side i mean it, it happened in a combat well and ultimately
0: happened because i asked you i don't want to play this character anymore yeah and uh, it ended up working out gloom ranger who else are you going to take from the party when you're yeah Brovia? i mean honestly it,
1: it was the perfect fit it really was but it still was uh if we weren't fast tracking it i mean y- you guys probably would still be i would say probably like level six and no yeah that like would make sense you We've... guys would we would there would be a lot of other things that i would have dropped a lot of other places you guys would have gone to but i mean at the end of the day we're all having fun still and i really do want to try to get this story to completed because uh it'll be the first like full module i've ever right like com- quote Aside unquote completed. yeah well Fandelver's, you know it's the starter i haven't done like a full module we didn't end up finishing storm kings uh
0: yeah we we only got and what a quarter max? Um,
1: like close to half, but not really. Like, it, it, one of the it's one of those things. Like, depending on where you guys went, what, what you decided to do. Like, well, okay, yeah, because we only
0: have the location of what two conches, I believe.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you could have uh, still found out the locations of the other giant things. There are mm-hmm. other ways to find out the information from that. Um, but I mean, honestly, you guys got the one conch shell. So you could have then gone to the Storm King, like the Storm Giant's lair, and started conversing there and that would have like accelerated your quote getting to end game very quickly right um but didn't finish that campaign right.
0: uh <laughs> no but i feel i feel like i mean while me as a player that really enjoys the whole narrative of it all and i like feeling like i'm in a world etc cetera, etc cetera, um I mean specifically the the two well maybe not so much Mikey but Sean the player one of the players that is going on the bike tour the one that uh, initiated the bike tour um, this is their first time playing D and D that's uh, the rogue that I mentioned last week yeah uh, but um, they have a certain idea and mindset like where they know yeah sure we could do X Y and Z. Or we could do, you know, like W, X and Y, but like, but we're here to do Z. Yeah. And I'm down to do Z and, and uh and uh Sean's character V uh was very close to uh my old character, uh Madame Margarine, who got turned by Strahd. So, you know, not only did that player be like, Well, I wanna get to the end of this story they decided to also look inside of themselves and then their character and give a reason why do i want to get to this end point so drastically yeah you know and so quickly and
1: and v wants to try to save to save marge, marge. it's you know debatable on whether that can happen or not but you know we'll no s- i mean we'll see when we get there Like
0: probably not gonna happen but i like that sean had a reason v had a reason to go behind it and not just be like well, guys, I'm going on a bike tour, as you all know, and yeah. I want to get ri- I want to finish this so we all have a nice bow on the end. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he still put some some story into it. Yeah, I love that he made the character
1: have the motivation. I to love get it. That, get it done quickly. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it was it was
0: great. Uh,
1: so they end they end up fighting these hags, and it um, it's a pretty tough fight. The dretch comes out, and the poison from the dretch like just had that extra layer of. Man, one thing extra this combat, and, and if you don't know with the dretch, if you fail your uh saving throw against the poison, you can make one you can make either an action or a bonus action, not both, and you can't take reactions during your turn until you make the saving throw at the start of your next turn so it can it can limit ex- what you can do drastically, and we, you know we had multiple situations
0: of like, oh well, no, you failed that save, you can only do the one thing this turn sorry, and it wasn't even it wasn't even really until you know uh Actually going back to last week's episode when I was listening to it again, um on the, the proof editing whatnot, mm. uh, you had a big thing, you were like with Baba La Saga, oh I had forgot about the scarecrows. Yeah. I forgot about that devil terrain too, bro. The whole time. You know, like and so it's oh, just Oh yeah, like, in, the, in the swamp. In, in the swamp. Yeah. And um and so like that poison cloud we kept forgetting until it was like the fifth time that it had happened after the fact, and it was just like, all right. And so I like decided to step up and be like Poison Cloud. Like anytime something was happening, because we were all within it, yeah. except for like one character. At any given point, we were all in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but no, it, and that it, was the character that got sheeped. Yep, um, and she got sheeped.
1: My fiance, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she got she got sheeped and uh, ended up running out of the bone grinder and eating some grass for a couple turns until the polymorph got broke.
0: Uh, <laughs> which was a, which was real nice. That was that was a f- fun little touch. Yeah, you know, it, it was,
1: I think it's the she first time I it. ever polymorphed any of you guys. And yeah, she definitely played into like, nope, I'm just a I'm just
0: a sheep. I'm bawling around. Like, I think that's only the second time that polymorph has ever happened. Period. Because I only ever used it once with Sly. Yeah, I guess. And so, uh, I mean, great spell. Love that spell.
1: Yeah, fantastic spell.
0: Uh, but um, but yeah, like with that poison cloud, like it was always all right and now i want to cast the speller okay now i want to do bonus action this Yeah, or and, then, and then it would and remind then it like, me Wait a or minute. you and it'd can be like, you like, yeah, yeah can you
1: even do that like you already used your action this turn like make this save yep. and like it does suck because then it's like man if i had known at the top of my turn i would have chosen to do one or the other and you know that's just that's us forgetting well that's what's how the that game on. goes uh yeah.
0: later in that session i said i cast sacred flame and you know you were you were really on top of it uh i mean in the past couple of uh sessions in the latter half of this past campaign but you've really been on it recently where it's like no you said that you want to do this this is what you're going to do and that really forces you as a player to think like listen to and, the descriptions well, I mean, it, that are happening i mean it depends Rem- on the situation remember.
1: of course but because it, if it's like oh well if that's the case i don't want to do that then it's like no you said you're gonna you do said that. you're gonna do that but if it's yeah. like if you just aren't understanding the wording of the spell or something like that and right, that, that changes yeah, the yeah, way that yeah. you're doing it it's like oh no of course i'll let you choose something else right but if it's a spell that i know you totally understand how it works yeah then i'm gonna be like no you, you just didn't
0: pay attention just, that the person is covered in the hands and the hands aren't just next to it yeah
1: you know it's a it, it's a little different story yeah. and i mean that was me also doing a little bit of like DMness
0: in there being like that all, goomba also needs to make this save but which he ended up saving so it was a non-issue yeah. but at the same time it's like that's that's what's up that's what makes this game real that's when you you need to be thinking about all because that's not just that that wasn't like a hey player characters remember that there, it's not just you here, and you mm-hmm. can be hurting your other fellow teammates. It's also, you know, remi- reminding players this game doesn't just work in the whole black and white rigor, you know, like rigorous way of you do an attack on this creature. It doesn't matter if it's on this. Like, so when you're fighting another enemy and you want to basically have that same thing happen, like, well, I'm going to. Can't reach this person, but I'll cast sacred flame on this person and maybe it'll ignite the whole thing and then it'll cause them to fall You know, it if it it allo- it doesn't just force you to think, it allows you to think in other ways. Yeah. Uh if that if any of that makes sense. <laughs> if any of that makes sense.
1: But uh so we finished this combat with the hags, and uh they decide they're they find two children locked inside and um they can't decide what to do with the children. Goomba's like, I just want to fucking leave them, I don't give a shit. I want to go to like Castle Ravenloft. If we have to take these kids to a town, it's gonna to take us a day either way to get them to a town. And uh they've been suggested
0: that we just feed the kids to Stroud, but Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh the NPC that I'd have had traveling with them for a while, Esmeralda decided, you know what, she'll take the kids and she'll meet up with them later because she'd already sne- like snuck into Ravenloft the one time. She'd go back in later. Um So she'd like dips out and that just makes my life a whole bunch easier because now I have one less thing to worry about in combat and it's just the player characters and my monsters. Because yep. uh, I constantly forget about Esmeralda in the initiative order. I did it for the, the hag combat. There was like two it rounds was just... of combat where I just didn't have her in the combat initiative order. She was on the map Yep. but she just wasn't doing anything didn't
0: take any damage nothing like that happened but yeah and then moved
1: and that yeah then i rolled a natural 20 for her initiative because of course i did
0: right um and then you missed every single attack except for like the last two
1: yeah because that's uh that's how i roll uh i never hit that's that's like my biggest thing like i roll shit to hit but when i hit
0: you I hit roll hard great damage you hit like, hard
1: i roll great damage rolls but i can't like maybe it's just my d20s uh, this week I did pretty well. I got a, a natural twenty or two, so it, it you know it evens out in the end. But like, a- anytime I have fun things I want to do, I can't ever like get them going for long. Like I messed up, and I I finally got to use Phantasmal Killer on one of you, and it was yeah. working, and it was, I was getting the damage, and I just I had the wrong hag casted.
0: No, yeah, so like, I had that's... Spirit Guardians up, and they. I think only two of the hags were concentrating at the time, so regardless they both saved like over four rounds they yeah. both kept saving from my damage they were saving from the spirit guard. Well, as because well because they have uh, advantage but... on spell saves they yeah. have magic resistance so i'm rolling advantage no no, no advantage, but uh sorry like... I, I misspoke i mean while while i was correct in saying that they were saving from the damage they kept making their concentration saves even though they, it was 10s or 12s that they needed to meet yeah they were still they were consistent. they were making. consistently making their concentration saves and it was just like i mean damn this this shit's just getting fucking nuts yeah you know and like so that polymorph stayed that phantasmal killer stayed for a little bit uh and you know while still frying like or actually no that was, well, then was that was bite. my that was my first natural 20 the eye bite though yeah that was what was sticking around
1: yeah uh but we get through that combat the esmeralda takes the kids and they head off to castle raven Uh, Finally, after all of the hubbub and the rigmarole, we get there and uh, they walk in. They get introduced to Rahadin for a second time, the manservant of Strahd. Um, And, oh man, it was such a great scene when they got into the dining hall with Strahd. They all sit down around the dining table and conversation with him. And essentially he thanked them uh, because in our campaign... Strahd has essentially won already. Um he captured Irina like weeks ago. Uh
0: that was the same moment that he turned Marjorie as yeah. well.
1: Um he he's essentially like sitting back and he invited them to gloat. And then um well, uh he then locked them in this fucking castle and, and told them good luck. Yeah,
0: uh, here we are, <laughs> and, uh, and that was that was then where the uh what, what were they called crawling hands uh
1: i can't remember the name off the top they're like creeping crawlers something yeah like something that. like that uh, uh
0: but they're 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 thing yeah from they're out like, of family
1: li- yeah like little hands that come up and grab you uh like so the party decided to head down uh with our barbarian having like an idiot savant moment being like well uh we need to find the crypt for this last artifact thing we need uh crips are downstairs and so she just like, starts oh yeah 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 she just starts heading downstairs um and they get to this hallway that's like submerged in three feet of water and they stop right at the edge of this hallway with the water so they're unsure how to proceed so they start testing th- some things out and they cast light on a piece of jewelry chuck it down the hallway and uh get a little bit get a little bit more of a view Uh, of the hallway and then they watch as the uh the locket drops into the water and then the light all but vanishes this like dark thick brackish water is even killing the light from a light spell like they they could see the little glimmer of it in the one
0: moment that i thought i was being ingenious with my cantrips yeah
1: it's just the uh the water itself is described as thick and brackish um and we'll get to more of why that is next session uh, don't want to spoil anything yet, but they event, uh, eventually these hands come up and all seven of them attack the uh, fighter, and it the fight ensues. It's not difficult. I think I gave it breaks down to like less than ten x- XP per yeah, character I th- at the I end think of this it was combat. Like I gave a him round 11. and a half. Yeah, and I gave him eleven XP just because it was like and it's here, but it's more just to, like you can't. It was more of a, like a smack in the head, like hey, you can't just sit still here,
0: like which us sitting still by the way was me casting two cure wounds yeah and like not that no no slight to you it's just like that's what was
1: sitting well, it still was, like it, well before that the fighter had changed out of his
0: chainmail oh, that's armor true. There, there had into a uh, half plate
1: it's about 15 minutes for yeah. him to do that and then they slowly made their way down the stairs so it had
0: been 15 minutes and 20 seconds about
1: yeah uh almost 20 minutes of like not really doing anything right So uh, that's why that random encounter happened. Um, And then that was where I was going to end the session. Um, Until. Until our paladin Lai decided that she wanted to go recover the uh, jewelry that had gotten thrown down the hallway. And she takes several steps into the hallway. And then all of the piece, the only thing that the PCs see from uh, behind her is a explosion of water out of the ground. And then Lai is gone. And that's where we left the campaign for uh the week and uh, i'm I'm excited to get back this week. Have you guys find out the repercussions of what just happened?
0: Oh absolutely um I mean, definitely having meta knowledge you you pulled the player to the side and talked to them, so part of me can assume that they're not dead immediately.
1: Oh no, definitely not
0: um but I, I am not a
1: fan of like savored death like that is
0: right too of horror shit
1: like yeah like i mean I'm, we're gonna run that eventually but it's gonna be known like hey don't that, make characters you're gonna be attached to right. just make a fucking make like 10 goddamn characters have them ready to go yeah. and we're gonna put them through the
0: meat grinder right um because that's what that is but like yeah, yeah but like uh but um i mean definitely Corey is definitely not gonna not gonna know how to react and probably going to assume that something pulled her under and look at everyone and say, well, I'm the only one that can breathe underwater. Well, not breathe underwater. I can hold my breath. Yeah. But, um, I, I already know that that's Hunter already knows that that isn't what should be happening, but that's what Corey wants to do. So I'm, instead of just doing it, I'm going to bring it up to the, the party see if we can figure something else out yeah maybe i'm the one that acts as an anchor to take someone else down there to check with me cast light on them but like i you know he i'm playing i'm playing like a you know a 17 year old kid essentially yeah uh you know he he's he's headstrong, and he was a pirate for a while and he had gotten yelled at his parents all the fucking time and then uh he finally felt some sense of purpose on this crew and you know all these other things to to lead him to to have some sense of confidence so uh and he feels like a really strong part of this team you know he yeah. he took out the majority of those hags uh using spirit guardians maybe not took him out took him out but was definitely adding damage every single round mm. which was great uh and has kept people alive you know haven't had to bring anyone back from the dead yet too which is definitely uh an ego boost for him
1: yeah i mean
0: and it's it's surprising the situation you guys have got in the
1: i mean the fighter falls
0: essentially every battle every single combat if at least at least once i don't i don't think it's ever just been once no it's at least at least once in every combat so I guess I guess at that point, it's at least twice because, like, it's never been just once. It's never – it's never <laughs> just – it's been at least twice, and it's it's nuts. Uh, But – and, and yeah, you know, you could say that that's me not being the best job at being a life cleric, but I want to play zoo. Yeah. I don't want to just heal people. Fuck you guys. <laughs> you got to fucking stay alive. You got a second wind. <laughs> well, and this kind
1: of uh, segues pretty well into uh – what our show is mostly about, and it's about us fucking up and how we deal with us fucking up in-game. Um, so this week, as we got to Ravenloft, uh, I started giving into these very grand descriptions of the hallways and things through Ravenloft. And um, while I wasn't, you know, like, asking for questions at the end of my descriptions, I was giving, you know, a brief pause in between rooms and them moving on.
0: Making eye contact uh
1: to you know like if you guys have questions go ahead and ask them however we hadn't ever really verbally talked about that and uh this is where communication problems come in because uh i go through all these descriptions we go through this conversation with strahd we like this whole encounter happens and then hunter asks me for a description of a thing in a room that happened like four rooms ago and i tell him i'm not going to tell him what it is like you needed to ask then and we then had a conversation after the fact about, well, he didn't want to interrupt my, dest- my descriptions of the rooms because it, it, that has happened somewhat frequently in our games. And it, it frustrates me when I have to repeat myself on descriptions of rooms, um, especially because it's usually because of crosstalk that right. the description isn't heard. So, uh, you know, it comes down to the, I mean, we just needed to have better communication. And we've now come up with, you know, if... He needs to ask something about a place that we're in, and he's thinking of it right when I'm in the middle of a description. We just do it elementary school style, yo. Just, just fucking, raise, your hand. raise your hand. just Or put a finger up in the air. Just be like, yeah. yo, I got something to ask. Like, just make it real clear, if, especially if it's, like, a situation where we're moving from room to room pretty quickly. Granted, most of the time that's not going to happen. You guys are going to enter into a room. I'm going to ask you what you do. But this was more of a set piece. Like, you are moving through
0: this place. You are being guided to This see is Stroud. Castle Ravenloft, by the way, folks. Yes. This is, you know, us being introduced to there and, you know, it's it's a lot. You know, Ian's been trying to get us here for a while, so it was a lot to take in. So I like Ian said, you know, I didn't interrupt him. I I wanted to let him uh get his uh his exposition out. Uh but fair point four rooms ago is when I was asking. you know he's talking about some dragon statues and I just wanted to know if they were chromatic or not. But, and ultimately, did that mean anything in the end? Probably not. But, you know, it created an issue, uh, not a big issue, but it did end up creating, it it, it sparked a flame for a later issue in another moment where I was quiet. Yeah. Uh, Which was when we're finally, we, we have gone to the dining hall. Spoilers. We've gone to the dining hall. Um, and then all of the doors and gates and et cetera, et cetera, have slammed shut. Um, and, uh, the paladin and the fighter decide, all right, we are going to, after the barbarian suggests that we go down, we go down. Uh, but during that time I wanted to start preparing, uh, detect magic ritualistically. Um, so, uh, if you're a new player, ritual, ritual casting means that you can do it for free. It just takes 10 minutes plus the normal casting time. Um, which is great for most utility spells have a ritual, um, marker on them, which is great because if you're trying to constantly detect magic or identify, uh, comprehend languages, et cetera, et cetera, um, you can continue to do so over hours. Yeah. It just takes you much longer, but you can do it for free. Yeah, you don't have uh, to waste
1: a spell slot for it. Which,
0: when you're in a place like Castle Ravenloft or Tomb of Horrors or any dungeon, like dungeon, dungeon with a capital D, uh, you want to, as a spellcaster, you need to be thinking about your resources. So this goes into two fuck-ups of mine, where, once again, I was not vocal um, in the forepr- the forefront, saying, hey, I would like for this to be done now. Can we take some time now? Cause thinking about it that's when goomba was putting on armor yeah i could have said halfway through at the last five minutes of goomba putting on their armor i want to start ritualistically praying yeah and then i would have we would have waited five more minutes Mm -hmm. maybe that's when the hands would have showed up maybe it wasn't who the fuck knows yeah but we would have still had an attack magic up
1: Mm -hmm. theoretically
0: and that that's a fault on my part as a player not listening to the dm or not just listening to the dm but thinking about how we can spend our time yeah you know you don't need to wait for someone to finish putting on their armor to say and now i want a ritual cast
1: yeah you if anything it should be like while they're doing that while they're because i will be finished by the time they're done with that right um and this also gets into another issue that you've been having lately about um Trying to take too much charge is the way that you feel that you've been playing, that you Mm -hmm. you take too much control of the party and that you push the party too much to do things. And like, while you know, when we first started out, that was definitely part of who you were. But at that point, our players definitely needed it. Like nothing would have gotten done if you weren't like the initiative, like, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And most parties need somebody to do that. I was the Edward Elric. Exactly. Um, But You then overreacted to that with this new campaign and went too far the other way and would keep quiet in situations where you should have spoken up, especially because of, you know, character knowledge or whatever else. Right. Like you were, you're, and you're trying to be a better player for that. Like, it's not like you're doing
0: it out of malicious means. You're not trying to harm the party at all. Five people to four people to three people, then to six people. Yeah. You know, and at that point I was, and then that was coming in with two new players, really wanted to give them a chance to shine. The game still needs to be played. Yeah. Like you, you, st- you don't, and we've, we've been talking about this because
1: we're getting prepared for uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. And Hunter is a big utility spell guy. And they're great. But one thing that we've had, we had to talk about was him not hamstringing himself in other aspects of the game because they want to do all of these utility spells. Because the other players might not see it as useful. Right. while there are tons of great utility spells and they're going to be awesome they're going to be useful if you then you know use all of your slots for all of those utility spells and you don't participate in combat in any way shape or form which is a lot of the time when your party needs you most is in combat right it then it, it can cause some consternation and like i you know and this was a, when you were talking about making your character a pacifist and i in no way wanted to stop you from doing that it's just this is a game where a huge facet of the game is, is killing fighting. things yeah it that is an, it is possible to play this game as a pacifist but it can one frustrate your other players and two it gets really difficult to, for you as a player to be like well i really want to murder this guy because he is a piece of shit but my right. character wouldn't
0: do that like well and uh and we were uh actually i don't know if it, we were talking about it on here i, I don't think we were actually but we were uh, explaining alignment to someone. Maybe it was Mikey. Um, Possibly. The other week. And uh, we were, you, you know, we always first first person to be brought up when it's chaotic neutral, it's Han Solo. Oh, of course. And, uh, well, Han Solo, uh,
1: before he met and joined the rebels exactly
0: and um because afterwards
1: he's chaotic good
0: and actually later that week i had watched um solo again on yeah. netflix and i was just like I, I like this film it's it's a fun film for me yeah i like, I like it, it too it. it's uh i think people just they
1: they looked way too much into it there was so much drama surrounding it anyway we're not here to talk right about we're Star Wars, not we're yeah. not yeah. Sorry. But <laughs> where I was,
0: was i think that's how i'm gonna play gizzard is um being a person that is out for themselves. Yeah. And is there to push their own agenda forward. If if shit gets sour, you know, shit goes south, like then I'm going to definitely take care of myself. Yeah. But my first plan of action isn't gonna be to kill someone. I'd rather just help someone else kill someone. Like I'd rather I'd rather fly the ship. Not shoot the lasers, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, um, so like in, w- and then going into utility, uh, once I finally get there, I'm gonna be a wizard, gizzard to wizard. Um, you know, things like haste is gonna be a big spell for me. Yeah. Um, Grease, I love that spell. Um, slow, anything of that nature where I'm not actively actively harming someone but helping the situation yeah you know like that's where and then but but i also uh kind of have some uh small little quick in, in situations like built into to my mind uh it, to the point where essentially it's you know if the other players are like well we need to do this and i'm like well maybe we can like talk about it maybe maybe we can not just kill them uh and they go no i think that's the only plan of action and be like all right fine this is this is what we have to do fireball like just like Right off the bat being like, all right, you know, like, you don't want to plan. You don't want to try and talk about this. Not as a punishment, just how I want to play a character. And I think it could be fun every not not every single. It will be encounter. fun for you. Oh, well, that's I will. I will say
1: that it will be fun for you. Um,
0: Well, and that's what we're, we're here to it, talk about. And right? We'll, we'll see how finding. it goes when we yeah.
1: have other people at the table. I, I can see that being very frustrating. Yeah. Just as, from a DM standpoint, like mm. just like you're because at that point you're you're playing like bipolar like
0: oh no this no know, this character definitely has
1: multiple personalities well i mean it's that's also difficult to play with just
0: putting that out there you're telling me man <laughs> this good you know this, this is this is my me character uh and uh and what we were talking about last week you know kind of playing certain aspects of the game uh with your real life you know trying to deal with certain things i you know i'm I'm willing to give it a shot uh and not trying to not trying to bring the other players into my personal life not that they're already not there enough they yeah. they definitely know what I go through on a daily basis uh but you know maybe it could uh maybe it could shed some insight that I haven't been able to discern before
1: yeah i mean and we can uh, we will explore that as we get to it
0: right. It's just It's not uh, it's not a it's not a it's not a set and done thing. You know, this is this is definitely something that is going to evolve. This isn't something that's going to happen second session. You yeah. know, this is this is something that's going to, you know, maybe maybe I roll myself my own wisdom saving throw to see if I have a panic attack to see if I can't keep my composure and not go bipolar, something like that, you know. Uh Yeah or or just think about I mean, it as like a rational like player and be like well how how much is this actually affecting me as the character versus how much do i want to just Implement this curveball, this wild card.
1: Oh, you, you can't just think about how it's going to affect you as the player either. You need to think of how it's going to affect the group.
0: Well, no, 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 no. Because that uh, is much s- more important. No, 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 Yeah, so I, I, guess I'm, I'm, I guess I'm using those, too few words the, here. Because those quirks will affect
1: the party more than they will affect you. You having a panic attack in combat
0: and like no, that's, not being able to That's like what I'm fight. saying. That's like, like, No, that's, that's what I'm saying is that the things, how... How much is this actually affecting my character and activating quirks versus how much as me hunter do I wanna just fuck around right now? Yeah. And in turn, like if if this is if this is a huge character development part where like someone's like, I wanna just I mean, because like, you know, spoilers for our own campaign, like Megan has said she wanted to be evil. Yeah. If she pulls some chase shit like that's going to be something where gizzard's like i'm not cool with that yeah you know like like when he tried to kill i don't even remember my gnome's name oh T- tiddlywigs or something like yeah, that. yeah something
1: close to that um some really horrible name horrible I gnome really name. don't blame chase for wanting to kill that gnome like it, it was inappropriate in the time but like yeah oh my god that gnome was annoying
0: yeah. <laughs> well that that dude would have been a huge ally Uh, huge ally i I mean uh, you know know.
1: don't make your huge allies the most annoying fucking person you've put in the game so far
0: (laughs) i don't know fun fun for me annoying to you who's counting anyway uh but no 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 like exactly it's it's uh because you know that's that's something that I i have fun with is is actually developing a character i'm Someone that uh personally is someone that wants to become a voice actor one day and a writer and all these other things where I like thinking of characters and I like uh being multi dimensional as opposed to just being a you know flat slate of funny, sad, scary, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera,
1: right? It's just it's difficult to get that into a game where like because. No, 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 You're no, only no. going to have well, yeah. five seconds with that NPC, and the only time, only thing that comes across of that NPC is that. Like, oh, I'm not talking about
0: damage. I'm talking about Gizzard right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, which that you know, that's going to be going through the whole campaign. Hopefully, you know, he stays alive. Like, I want to keep him alive. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, but you know, like that's you know, like those are those are things that I have fun with, and those are things that help my own mental state, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, but but. You know, these could also be things that I later find are just objective detriments. Yeah. You know? Well,
1: the only way we're going to know is if you play that character. It is if you go and you put those things into the game. And then who knows? We might have to have a conversation like, hey, man, that's really not working for everybody. It's like, sure. you know, whatever you're doing is just, it's, you know, XYZ is happening. The party's not happy with it. We need to either not have that be a part of the character or the character needs to go. Right. Yeah. Which is like, it's not a conversation I want to have to have, but like. Well, but it, it's still conversations that I.
0: Damn it, Hunter. Uh, I should my phone
1: off. <laughs> um,
0: but uh, that's, uh, I am not going to get into this at all on any personal levels in saying names or anything like that. What I am mm-hmm. going to say is that I had a conversation earlier today with a colleague of mine where it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and this conversation had been brewing for a while that I did not know it had been brewing for a while, but it needed to happen. And I'm glad that they contacted me, giving me this information that something needed to be done. Yeah. This conversation needed to be happened. Yeah. I know that wasn't correct. <laughs> but <haven't> <laughs> moving uh, on, moving yeah. On. Um, it doesn't matter if it's not a conversation that you necessarily always want to have If it's a conversation that needs to be had, it needs to be had. And if you are listening to this right now and resonating with that, follow through. Doesn't matter what I'm talking about right now, follow through. That's all I really have to say about that.
1: Sorry, just a folk break here.
0: I should probably take a puff to calm the fuck down. But no, really, I mean co- tough conversations aren't easy to have. That's why they're fucking tough, but sometimes they most times they need to be had. Yeah. Don't shy away. It's 2019. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think we've uh we've touched on a lot of topics here today. Um I think we've we've hit it pretty thoroughly uh you uh <laughs> the
0: first the first topic though we kind of bypassed the how i felt about critic role and i and i gave i gave my thoughts but what did you think Ian? oh well um
1: there were the overall it was you know it's a fun episode just the uh role-playing aspects of a shopping episode that's mm-hmm. you know that's a it's a half of the game that we don't get to see so often right most people focus in on the combat i like combat a lot um, uh, most of our players like combat a lot. Uh, so it, it was nice to just have a nice kind of relaxed episode where, but not too much ended up happening. But, uh, one really cool thing that I noticed, I went back and f- was reading these old PDFs that I had and I came across Matt Mercer's notes from, um, oh gosh, which episode was it? Um, uh, Episode 17 of uh, the second campaign.
0: That was 17? Yeah,
1: 17. Oh, my God. Um, and so long ago. It's, it's long,
0: 41 episodes ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, long story short, it's, um, it's talking about, you know, contingencies and things that would happen um, after the festival. And if uh, they had, like, turned the gentleman in, X, Y, Z, all these contingency things. One of them is if uh, when they were talking with the law masters, if they presented the beacon. Uh, which goes into uh, them presenting the beacon just recently in Zhorhas. Uh And this is Matt recycling something that he had already planned on, but ends up using again later, which is great. You know, it's, and it's, a, it's something that we can look at and see a DM doing because everybody talks about it. Like, oh, well, what do you do if, you know, your party decides not to go to that place that you laid down all these hints for? Well, you move it and you have them go. You just put it in a different place and have them go there later. Like... Right, you don't you don't just scrap that idea. It's a, still a good idea. It's still a place you fleshed out. Just move it and have them go to it in a different way. Uh, so it's essentially if they present the beacon, there's a, a little blurb here that says, uh, "You have recovered the beacon. My goodness, you are a boon to the assembly this day. The Cerberus assembly is in your debt. Should you have a favor to ask, I will do my best to fulfill your request." And essentially, you know, if they wanted magical arms and armor, they would be sent over to Pumat Soul, who they had already met. But uh, he they would he would be notified to give you a set of objects to choose from and take, which is very similar to the quest line that they are now going through. Granted, there's an extra step now because it's further into the game. I think uh, higher level requirements at this point. So Matt's like, yeah, well, you're not gonna, just going to get all the goodies all at once. Granted, they got you know eternal favor with uh, the Bright Queen, which
0: is a huge deal. Uh, Pretty, I, I mean, it's way better than getting favor with Sovereign Iman or Sovereign Taldorei.
1: But that's he. What? Nothing to do with that
0: empire, bro. No, I know. Like I'm, I'm comparing, I'm <laughs> oh, comparing okay. the two campaigns. You, you, like
1: you can't. Like we're, we're talking about con- the, okay. the two situations in the same campaign. I mean, I like, like okay. Like, like you, if, you're, you're crossing too many like, wires there, bro. All right,
0: well, <laughs> that's that's what I was going for. Was you know? I, I mean, it's. It's. Yeah. I would
1: say it's on par because he was still the most powerful person on that continent and granted the bright queen isn't necessarily the most powerful person on her continent she's one of the most powerful people on her right
0: continent. well and we haven't seen uh, i mean we are able to see what happens to parts of tal after the fact of certain things we haven't been able to see what happens to the dynasty after certain things because it hasn't happened yet but um you know like and that that's me trying not to get spoilers but um but i i don't know like i if you know it, you know in another life you know like uh if i were like one of those characters or whatever like and i just somehow had a choice like if i you know if i had a mode of possibility right and could see i either was in taldore or i was in Wildmount, you know like who would i align with i think i would go with the dynasty i i like the dynasty I like well, their I, I like their philosophy. Um uh the idea of rebirth, the idea of Yeah, but it's uh, only the
1: elites who get reborn.
0: Well, I like the idea of um the idea of possibly everyone having that. You know, that was what the but, Bright Queen was saying like imagine a world where we could all have that and stuff like that. I I haven't seen any I haven't really experienced any, like, negative... Dude, I get bad negative vibes qualities. from this
1: whole thing, period.
0: Like, Do you the, have some, like, uh, examples of why, like of, like, of the bad vibes that you've gotten? Just
1: like, the entire class structure of, mm-hmm. like, if you're looking at them as a society, mm-hmm. like, that is what gives me bad vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... The, there's the empires on the other side, but, like, they... It is something that, like you're not having it controlled by ruling houses that are alive forever. It's the same fucking 10 people or whatever over and over and over again. Yeah, they have, you know, they don't always are back at the same times, but it is forever ruled by the same people. Mm-hmm. Like at least with the empire there's chance for change. Like in that other in the Jorhasian society, it is the way it is and it's going to be that way. They're, they're, like she might oh well it'd be great if everybody could but that's it's a system of control there no way is everybody going to be able to do that like they just want mm. more power i guarantee that's what it
0: is damn yeah
1: no that's just my thoughts yeah, on it.
0: no like, right no yeah no totally um see because that's uh like you know I'm the I rebirth thing I couldn't, is couldn't, cool but like i couldn't give any well and i mean like that's not that's obviously not my main selling point uh that was just the first thing i said but um but i i i don't know like other parts of their society like i wouldn't just listening to descriptions and whatnot i'm just kind of like oh like i guess i could vibe with this and whatnot like but maybe you know and we were talking about this before the cast but um me reading too much into things like i felt like i read a lot into the empire to the point where um how to say this i Felt like I could draw parallels with certain modern, real, well, yeah, real world, I mean, things like of that. Of course you can. Like, um, I mean,
1: in Lord of the Rings, people were drawing parallels to Hitler, and he Tolkien's like, no, that, what? No, right. that has nothing to do with what I'm writing here. But people yeah. are like, oh, no, he's and talking
0: I'm, about Hitler. And I'm definitely not bringing up Nazis, but I am bringing up just, like, things like, the, the 1%, the hidden yeah. 1%, Illuminati, stuff like that. Like, I, I view the Cerberus Assembly essentially as some form of Illuminati, some s- hidden society that is here to ultimately take over the world. I don't see
1: them as, like, the Illuminati. I see them more as someone like the CIA or the NSA because everybody knows about them. They don't hide. See, but I they feel... have a fucking academy, bro. Right. Like, no, they, yeah, don't, I know. they don't hide. No, like they're, that's, not, they're, that's they're not That's not difference. Like, in a, a group like the Illuminati... The Illuminati doesn't hide either. Otherwise, no, we they, wouldn't talk about it. No, they do hide. That's the point. You don't know who the Illuminati is. Beyonce, Organis- Jay-Z, Organis- Obama. Dude, organizations like the CIA control, like, do those secretive shadow things, but still have a place where you can go and visit them. Like, that's the scary shit. Like, they don't care. They're like, yeah, come to our doorstep. Yeah. You're not going to do anything about it.
0: Um... But yeah, no, I, I just uh I I ultimately view that as more menacing than an archaic caste like structure. That's that's my See, opinion. The archaic cast like my...
1: structure never ends. Like that right. entire society has to crumble for that to fall. The Cerberus Assembly could be removed and the society could continue. That's my big difference. In order for like Things in Jorhas to change and get better, the entire structure of society has to crumble into bits and be rebuilt from the ground up. While empires aren't ideal, they have been some of the most successful civilizations, like, you know, in our history. So, like, if you can cut out the negative bits, if, like, you you know, you get out the Cerverus Assembly and you get rid of the, even just the people who are trying to fuck things up, that has you can just continue with the same structure and move forward without mm-hmm. that part of it, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm not necessarily saying that the empire should win in this scenario. I'm just saying that I like the societal structure better of the empire. I don't like the the forced religions, things like that. But we also haven't seen what kind of religious structure there is in Jorhas yet. For all we know, it could be there is the one fucking. Uh, you know, they, the
0: only other thing we've seen, other than the uh, the is it called Luxa Don?
1: Yeah, b- like, but we haven't even seen how that's in practice. You know what I mean? No, like no, that, no, that's very right. obvious. Sure. The religion, but like we yeah. don't
0: like we don't know if
1: it's like you know a state mandated religion or if well it's... we've
0: seen we've seen um, can't remember his name, uh, but he was a goblin um, that Jester met in like either fifty seven or fifty six, and he was also a uh, traveler. Traveler follower. um, And uh, it was when they were, uh, I want to say after, but it might have been before, when they were going to fight that succubus and incubus. It's not ringing anymore. It was right me. around the time. But she she meets another person because uh, her and Bo are doing perception checks or whatever, and uh, Jester ends up seeing a shrine of the traveler outside of some dude's house goes to the house enters and they talk about traveler fest and he was like oh yeah like i heard about that and so like then you know jester slash like laura you could see it on like you know her face like as a real person like she's ecstatic she's just like fuck yeah like matt wasn't just like pulling my leg like we're actually gonna have like traveler fest yeah traveler con traveler con yeah um so uh yeah so like in in my mind like when i saw that i was like oh cool like at least they're cool with like other people having some other religion you know and it's not it's not just state mandated at least to the it's point also where it's also something only
1: state, that just be all it's also something that jester noticed and it's not like I don't, it, I don't it might have been described as a shrine but it was probably something small that she noticed yeah like uh, yeah so totally. it's not it's not being totally out in the open well it's it was like, in front of his house though. Yeah, but if it's just like a th- like that people used to do that with hobo signs. You put it right on the fucking business's like front porch mm-hmm. and it's like don't go there this person will arrest you or like have you sent like it you can put this, hide, hide signs but if you know what you're looking for it's obvious. Mm-hmm. So he could still be in hiding about his like, relationship with the traveler to the, like, to the society at large, but mm. Jester knows what she's looking for. Right, right. Like, Christians even used to have to do that when they were being persecuted back in the... Day. Right, right. So... For sure,
0: for sure, yeah. totally.
1: Like, it, we still don't know, like, it, and that's just, like, the one aspect, is the religion, the religion stuff. Like, I mean, we'll see. Like, I honestly, I don't trust the Bright Queen. I don't trust any of those those houses, like... I don't see why they should stay, but I don't see why they should go back to the Empire either. Like, right. I think they should head back onto the boat and just dip the fuck out. Head like just sail the seven seas, go wake up Uk'atoa and have a fucking party. Like, <laughs> that's see, what I think they I'm, should do.
0: I'm so glad that that arc ended because I was just like, "What the fuck is gonna happen if they get all three orbs? They get them all together in one place, or they or they put them in all three shrines." is what two shrines have been activated yeah, and they
1: only need one more.
0: And they only need one more. Oh, well, but Ford has that. Yep.
1: Um and That's why he keeps having those fucking nightmares and shit. It's cuz the like you dumbass come fucking release me.
0: Yeah, and it's like what Like what the fuck is like what like what does one Ford and what does Travis to Travis think is going to happen like what they're both
1: obviously apprehensive about going and doing
0: it. I'm so. apprehensive, and I'm not even playing the character.
1: <laughs> I just want to see what happens. Like, it's, like, such, like, the ultimate tease. Like, it's like, oh, you went and did everything but the final thing. Like, you now you got cold feet. Why? Like, you were totally down with this until now. Like, just fucking do it. Well, like, what if we had gone to, like, okay, so I don't... F-
0: Don't think that you had an encounter where you had Strahd invite us, like introduce himself, invite us without immediately trying to take Irina. Which I don't know if that's in the book or not, but that's the way that Chase did it. Yeah, he had had one moment before he even tried. He saw Irina, but he was just like, "I'll be back for you," mm-hmm. and that was like Chase letting us know, like, "Yo, protect this girl. Like, she's yeah. important."
1: I just did things differently, right? No, no I had, yeah, totally. I had. A lot of people play Strahd as the villain who comes out, and, and it, it's very much written that way that he comes and he visits the party regularly. Mm-hmm. But the way that we were fast tracking and the way that we play our games, only having th- like three hours if we like sit down and start right when we can, right? Uh, I left a lot of that stuff out because no. it's a lot, because there would have been multiple combat encounters where he mm-hmm. would have come in, and like I had stuff planned for that. Where he would come in and, you know, you guys... He would leave most of you almost dead. Probably kill one of you and move on. And, like... Right. Like, not even... Like, not harm Irina once during the combat. And yeah. just to decimate yeah. all of you. But as soon as, like... M- uh, like and essentially, we knew the whole time that they were going to be leaving on this bike tour. And as soon as, like, that was brought into the equation, it was like, well, shit. Now we need a like, fast track. I, I need... Like, I want to have this be complete. and I uh, And that's on me. Like, I... Honestly, probably should have just said, Well, if you guys are gone, you guys are gone. Right. And we play this normally. Because uh, you guys aren't getting the full experience of Curse of Strahd. And I, I feel bad for that. But at the same time, like, we're having fun. We're still getting through it. You guys are now going to be interacting with him pretty frequently. So
0: um, I shrugged my shoulders a lot. And that for the audience that can't hear me <laughs> shrugging my shoulder. But like, no, it's, it's, I don't have a dozen or the other. Yeah. you know uh but the reason i brought that up was because um i feel like connecting it back i feel like if we had had a moment like that with Strahd and we were just like oh yeah don't
1: hit the tape i was going to talk to you afterwards my mic stand picks it up
0: yeah
1: i was trying not to say it during this because i'm gonna have to edit this part out oh no, that's fine but <laughs>
0: uh we should just keep it. my bad it's all right uh the reason the reason that I brought that up, um, connecting it back, was because um I felt like if we had initially met Strahd in that sense and then been like, Oh, you know, us as players, oh, this is Curse of Strahd, oh this is Strahd, we have to go kill this guy. But we just decided to go and try and kill him at like level three. That's Travis, that's Ford putting the third orb in the third shrine right now. It's like But we don't know what Ukatoa wants. No, I know, but like, I feel like there's that that's much the, level of uncertainty. No, you, you knew from the outset
1: that you had to go there and kill Strahd.
0: There, there no, was no, but we couldn't. That, but
1: that's the difference. You don't know what's going to happen when Ukotoa gets released. For all we know, Ukotoa's actually are like a really nice thing. And it's been locked away by demon-like gods. And it gets released, and it's like, thank you, I'm not going to go restore peace to X, Y, and Z. It, I mean, it, it doesn't feel that way. But for all we know, that's the twist Matt is putting on it. Mm. Like, because Matt will do that kind of stuff. He will yeah, well. make you, like he he'll make you think it's ominous and dark and like it's like, but it just wants to be released and it can only it's been locked away for so long so it can only convey these small glimpses like hunger and power like devour and it's like yeah you these are you know you're a fucking warlock like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's kind of like par for the course mm-hmm. yeah that's uh that's
0: what i think about ukatoa i think it's that i think that shit's dangerous as fuck. nah man ukatoa is gonna that, be a great time I think it's is gonna be like fucking the dynasty is safe as fuck yeah i that's mean that's what i think <laughs> nah
1: i think they need to get back on that boat they need to go tour around you know like let's let's just have a world tour let's have them go up and let's let's have them hit taldori let's see what's going on up there they got a fucking boat let's do it like you got so much of the world that you're like yep like right at the palm of your hand and i, I get magnitude. that matt has this whole thing planned for wild mountain he wants them there but like come on
0: <laughs> no it could definitely yeah uh, it could definitely be a good time if they went there and then i mean if it's only been what 20, 20 or 30 years yeah they could run into some old people
1: exactly and i mean i, I get they want to you know have these be separate but i i want to see some old, old favorites
0: I I think everyone who's who are you most looking forward to seeing?
1: Oh man, that's I don't know. uh You go first. I'll think about it for a minute. You already know who
0: I'm most excited to see. Mm. Like I forgot his name. I was going to say that fucking dude from the uh like the the Fey realm or whatever. That guy with the Sen- Seneric Sen- Senekin, the the dude with the dead wife. Uh, ashes
1: oh he's not from the Feywild but
0: yeah um, what, but yeah no that yeah. was just gonna be ju- Scanlan yeah <laughs> Scanlan or Kaylee either either of the short halts mm. um not Pike though
1: for me <laughs> I guess it would probably have to be Percy yeah I thought you were gonna say Percy mostly because firearms have now become prevalent and he has to deal with that
0: so that goes to like my they, second they're question. on they're on
1: an entirely separate continent now, and like they're this that gnome town it was pretty common that mm-hmm. they were everywhere. So like Percy now has to deal with the repercussions. Like did he go insane? Is he even still alive? Well, like
0: Tans Ta- Tanslin Tallison says that in like like episode forty something or whatever. Like yeah. when they see guns, and then like I think Laura looks at him and is just like you know like like. How, how do you think Percy would feel about this? And he's like, Percy knew this going into creating this yeah. I, this idea, this weapon, that this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. He knew the entire fucking time. So um so what capa- that's the second part of the question is what capacity do you think you're gonna see them in? I think that I would see Scanlon I think I, I think we are gonna see Scanlon in a uh concert setting, like a world tour type setting. Uh and he like you know, like the Scanlon, like what it I think this. we're just
1: gonna see him in a bar and they're gonna pass by him real quick. He's gonna make a very short quip. Matt's gonna make a description and he's gonna say one thing mm-hmm. that describes it as being scanlan and then they're never gonna see him again.
0: So yeah, yeah, I don't think I like, don't think they're gonna interact with <laughs> I don't think they're gonna interact with scanlan I just think that like when I say see, you know, I but mean who like knows?
1: He's a, the, him and Pike had kids. So like Did they have kids? That's supposedly. Nice. So that would the, he could just be a family man at home, like yeah, we could. And chances are, we'll probably never see any of these because you know they probably could not. they could stay on Wildmount this entire campaign. I don't think it's we're feasible. ever going to see Keyleth. I mean, who knows? I, I mean, if anyone, she's the one who's going to be alive. So. Well, she's def- yeah, she's definitely the one who's going to be alive.
0: I feel like Grog's probably dead, but like, like died a good warrior's death. Like he just like.
1: Maybe. Either that or he's the best uncle ever because he lives with Pike and Scanlan.
0: That's true. Maybe he, like, hung up up his axe.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is all speculation at this point. Anyways, thank you all for listening to the second ever episode of Dungeons & Doobies. I'm Ian. And I'm Hunter. And uh, if you guys have any questions or you want us to talk about anything in particular, uh, you can get a hold of us at dungeons.doobies at gmail.com. Uh, social media to be following here pretty soon um yeah and uh have a great week and keep smoking everybody peace out dungeons and doobies